This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. I don't know about how you feel about working with a criminal, a smooth criminal, but no, seriously, how do you feel about one of your coworkers having been accused or convicted of a crime? How do you feel about other independent contractors if it's a broker? How do you feel about them being like, how do you? Like, I feel like we're in a judgy society where did you hear that Sally had this happen? Like, you ever get these notices about the sex offenders on your block? Like, Well, that worries me. I don't want a sex offender on my block. So the sex offender worries you, not the axe murderer. Oh, axe murderer would would worry (laughs) me too. But somebody that was uh, in in a juvenile detention center for stealing a – a toy from a uh, Toys R Us when they were 10 years old doesn't really doesn't really bother me. But I want to point out, it's not that they were in a juvenile detention center. It's that they stole a toy. When they were 10 years old. Oh, so would you care if one of your coworkers were convicted recently of stealing a toy? Well, if it was recent, I think it, it, it might concern me more. What happens if one of your coworkers did it when they were 20 and now they're 40? Eh, somewhere in between, obviously. I don't know. It's not obvious. That's what I'm trying to understand. No, meaning- between 10 I, and, and 30 is 20. Like, do you think... Do I you, think 20, 20 is a... You're still kind of finding yourself. You can get on a path of responsibility and rehabilitation at 20. But if you're 40 and you rob a bank, yeah, I'm not going to want to work well, with you're you. Changing the, you keep changing the facts. So it stole a toy. That's what we're talking about right now. Okay, just so, a toy. Well, no, no. So there's three factors that I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to unravel them. One is which crime you did. The second one is how old were you? And the third one is how long ago was it? And I want to understand which ones matter. So like, I think we can all agree that if you were an axe murderer at seven, we would still be upset about it, even if it was 40 years ago, because you were an axe murderer. Do we agree with that? That there's certain crimes <laughs> that like you just don't want them around no matter when they did it or how long ago it was. Do we agree with that on the leap guest? Yes. Murder, yes. Okay. Next thing though. Do we care more about the age of the person or how long ago it was? I'm talking about in the employment environment, whether it's an independent contractor or a co-employee, and I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing it up. New York City, which is one of the leaders in anti-discrimination, has this law from back in 2015, actually October of 2015, called the Fair Chance Act. And you're going, well, why are you talking about something from 2015? I'll tell you. Because new guidance came out about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, on how New York City Commission is going to enforce this law. And I think it's important that also you know that effective July 29th, changes to the Fair Chance Act came out. Like there's a new protection for people whose criminal history includes unsealed violations and unsealed non-criminal offenses. And there's a new protection, expands the protection to employees and to reach pending cases. Like there's changes to the law. And so what I want to get into on the Leapcast is not just how this specific change of this current events impacts business and real estate, but I want to understand 
Should we have protections for criminals in the first place? Like, I don't really understand this whole thing, and maybe you all can help me understand this thing, but I will tell you, it says the purpose of the law is to help level the playing field, particularly for communities that are disproportionately impacted by the criminal legal system, such as people of color and LGBTQ people. And I can get behind helping people of color lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgendered, and questioning type of people. I can get behind that. And I can also tell you guys that there's been laws since 1977, since 1977, about protecting certain arbitrary denials, certain arbitrary denials based on crimes. So it's been going on since 1977 that there's been some sort of protection in New York State. And like I said, in 2015, there's this fair chance, I don't even know what that means, fair chance act, Morty's going to tell us, um, that happens in New York City. They just updated it, and they came out with new guidance on it. But what I want to first understand is, like, I get that we want to help people of color that were disproportionately affected. I get that we want to help LGBT people, Q as well. I get that that's a good idea. But is the place to do the intervention, is the moment to help people that were disproportionately affected in making that an employer can't screen on those things? Is making – because I read some of this law, oh, this guidance, Morty. I read yeah. the guidance. And I'm like, I wonder – I'll bet you five out of ten employers in New York City are violating the law. Oh, I'm sure. I'm willing to bet. <laughs> five out of ten, like 50% of employers – are violating the law because it even says about when you're allowed to order background checks, what you're allowed to order in background checks. If you're, if you, I don't know if you knew this, to run a criminal check, you need the employee's permission. Yeah. Let's start off with that. If you have no other takeaway. And you also can only run the check in New York City after you've made a conditional offer of employment. We're going to get into the technicalities, okay. but I want to get to a, t- a thing that blew my mind. You need to tell the employee that's applying for the job and get their permission to run a criminal background check on them. Like, can't you do your own due diligence? Like, Lauren, like, don't you think that an employee, like, I, I'm, 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 I'm speechless. I mean, I love background checks, so you're blowing my mind right now. Um, <sighs> we appreciate that just- sigh. That sigh makes great radio. Lauren, Lauren wants you all to know her, her feeling is... I don't want to hire criminals. I personally don't. Um, But at the same time, I think that some people need the chance to be able to get back into society. And maybe it's better if I didn't know. Maybe I wouldn't have any bias. Well, let's let's ask this, though. You run a legal services business. Like one of our businesses, I own a law firm. And Lauren does the recruiting on the law firm. And... Lawyers, as Morty knows, have to go to a character and fitness review before they get licensed for the sole purpose that you need a certain character and fitness to be a lawyer. Yeah, so I think that we're personally lucky there. because Well, you are know we lucky? That- because I know criminals that became lawyers. So I know people with criminal background check that passed character and fitness. And so I guess my question is, Shouldn't we be able to, as an employer, determine our own integrity? Can't we have an integrity level over that that's required by law with respect to not violating the law? What about people that are in financial services or bankers? Or I got to tell you, I don't know that I want my therapist to be a criminal that can manipulate me. I'm slightly concerned if my therapist runs a drug ring. Right. And I I agree with that. But I, I actually think this is a really good law. 
Um, and, you know, I don't feel like that, <laughs> like that about most laws, but I think it really addresses your concerns. Well, how? Because I, I got to tell them I got and you told me you use the word conditional offer. So why don't you break down the law slowly? Like, sure. Just just when you do it, just I want you to remember that I am having a special type of day and I need you to go real slow. So I get it. If, if you don't know, I, I woke up with a um, my neck out. And all I can think about while I'm talking is I can't turn to the right. If I twitch a little, oh, I feel a severe pain. So I need you to go slow so I can concentrate like Daniel Sun. <laughs> all right. So, and I'll look directly at you so you don't have to move your Did head. Did you know that um, Daniel LaRusso? You know Don La, Daniel LaRusso, right? Daniel LaRusso? Yeah. From the Karate Kid. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He, he's from this area, man. Really? Maybe he's going to pop in and crane kick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just uh, a, a quick summary of the main points of the Fair Chance Act, which is a, a New York City law. Um, you cannot ask an applicant about their criminal history until you're ev you evaluate all their other criteria, educational background, work experience, and once you've made a determination that you want to hire this person, only then can you run a criminal background check or ask them at all about any criminal history? So let's stop have. there for a second. Doesn't that presuppose that you have an elaborate hiring process? Like, let's assume I run a restaurant and let's assume I'm hiring waiters. And they walk in and I say, what's your experience? They go, I used to work at the pizza place down the block. Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been arrested? Yeah, you're not like, allowed to do that. And I'm not allowed to do that. So I guess what I'm trying to understand is, yeah, you're putting a square peg in a round hole. Like, yeah, it's good for some, but not so good for all. Like, how does this work? You have a bunch of restaurant clients in the city, actually. Yeah. They're hiring staff. What would you tell them? Because I got news for you. They don't want someone who's a former thief. Why? They share tips. Tips are cash off. Right. Tell yeah. me what we're talking no, it's about. it's a problem. So, no, I, I think you could do this rather quickly like even if you have a you know an informal oral interview there's no formal application the person comes into the restaurant you determine whether you want to hire them that day and then you inquire about the criminal history and you make them an offer pending um your review so, of whoa, your whoa. Criminal history. so my takeaway is that no one gets hired on the spot anymore in new you york city you can't no spot hires my takeaway is everything's hired pending criminal review correct all right, so I want to go through this if, again. If you, if you want to do a criminal review. Well, let's assume, again, I am kind of not against working with someone who stole something from the toy store when they were 10 and they went, as your story went, but I'm morally against working with an axe murderer. As would I. Okay. So I don't want to work with an axe murderer. Now, if he used a different type of device instead of an axe, we'll have a conversation, but I don't want to work with an axe murderer. So let's just presume that I run a business, whether it's in Bayside or in Dumbo or the village, even if I'm up in Staten Island with my, my man from Saturday Night Live, even if, even if I'm going to go to the Bronx, if I'm in any of the boroughs and I got a business. And by the way, if you're in the city and out of the city, you're in the city for purposes of the city. What you're telling me is there's no more spot hiring. There's no more. You definitely got the job. If I want to run any criminal background check or I want to ask criminal questions about you, there's hire. Now let me inquire. Do I get that right? Correct. All right. You can make a conditional offer. All right. So next thing I want to know, 
Tell me. I want to know about this fair. Okay, this so, so let's start from there. So let's say you get to the point where you're ready to make this person a conditional offer. And then you either ask them if they have any uh, prior criminal convictions or you do a background check. And then you find that, that this person does have a criminal history. So let's say this person robbed a store 10 years ago. What you have to do is in order to rescind that offer, and like you said, a restaurant would probably have a, a big issue with that yeah. because most restaurants do mandatory tip pools, which meaning that they share tips. So if you have somebody that's going to pocket the tips and not put in the tip pool, that's a real problem for everybody in the restaurant. So, um, so what you would have to do under this fair chance law is – you can't just rescind and say, look, oh, I found out that you robbed a store 10 years ago. You can't work at this restaurant. No, you have to um, provide the applicant that you, prov that you made the conditional offer to with a written summary of what you found, why that's connected to the job, why you are inclined to rescind the offer on that basis, and now you have to give them five days to respond to that. All right, this is only only big companies HR. Lauren, Lauren, no, 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 Lauren, Roddy, it gets even better. <laughs> this applies to interns, freelancers, independent contractors, independent contractors on top of employees. So what I'm envisioning and why I brought this up, Lauren, because you know while the Leapcast talks about how current events impact real estate and business, and this is a current event that impacts both real estate and business. My real passion in life is real estate, real estate brokerage to be specific. We own a real estate brokerage school. And one of the things that I hear when I'm teaching at Leap School the most is I have a team and I want to grow my team. Teams are the rage. Teams are like subset companies at real estate brokerage firms where there's a team leader. They have four, five, six, right. ten salespersons working under them. Those people are independent contractors, probably under a joint employer situation if there was a lawsuit between the team leader and, the, and the broker. And I could tell you, and I don't mean a joint employer for a sense of employment because they're independent contractors, for a sense of this law, they're probably joint employers. So the team leader, so you're saying only big companies could do it. My response to you is not only does it have to happen on small companies, but it has to happen on subset teams when it comes to real estate brokers. And just you tell me if I said this right, Morty. I want to hire a new salesperson. They're over at, I don't know, let's say, Element, I work at Corcoran, I want to bring them over, I bring them to over to my thing, we meet, we have lunch, I say I want to hire you, Element agent, to come work at Corcoran on my team, the ABC team over at Corcoran. I say, I got you, but here's my conditional offer. You're only going to get on my team after we ask you about criminal checks. I ask you. They tell me. I say, now I need your consent, you correct me if I'm wrong, Morty, to run a background check because... My, my partner, Lauren Lieb, loves the background check. She uses Accurant. She knows what's going on. She's <laughs> finding out the them. information. She knows everything about you. I need their written consent to do that. Is that correct, Mark? Yes. And then once I get a result, I need to tell them the result and give them five days to respond. If, if you're going to rescind the offer. I have a question first. Yeah. Lauren just said she loves all the information she gets from our background check system, and lots of people probably use background check systems. Here's my next question. The background check report generally comes with a lot of information at once. So is there – she can't run a generalized background check. I just want to make sure I'm understanding this. For the beginning information and then run another one at the end, is there a way if she gets the 
criminal information on the first report. Is there a way for her to like put blindfolders on and not read it? Because I'm concerned. Do you understand what my question is? Like, can if she there, check the other information? If there's a way to fully isolate it, but I don't see how to do that. Especially as a team leader for uh, maybe if you're Google, you can come up with a way to do this. Yeah, but right. If you're Google, you can. But if I put somebody's name in Google, there's a good chance if that person was convicted of something, it's going to be high up on the... Uh... No, I didn't mean Google as a Google search. I meant Google as if Google... Oh, the, got it, got it. They have the systems to... To potentially isolate, yeah. have firewalls. And you got it. Like that. Yeah. But let's move forward. So I hire Brandon over at Element to come work on my team at Corcoran. I just want to walk this through. Is this the Lieb team? No, it's the Yankovic team. <laughs> I actually call it the ABC team. But so we, we go to do this. I'm just trying to understand. I interview him. I say, I like you, Brandon. But it's a conditional offer. Here's the splits I'm going to give you. Conditional offer. We're on the same page. I ask him the question. He says, no criminal stuff. And I say, sign here and consent that I could run you to see if you're a liar, liar, pants on fire. I get the report back. The report says that when he was 19, he got arrested for doing fireworks because it's illegal in New York. I send, I got to give it to him, the report, a summary of what he got. It's a summary, correct, Morty? Yeah. And then you have to analyze the certain factors in coming to your determination. Well, what about the fact that he's a liar? And what does the factors mean? Can't I just say liar, liar, pants on fire, go away, you firework little crazy man? No, you have to analyze the factors. What does that mean? Well, one of the factors is, and the biggest factor, is what connection does it have to, 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 your, uh, to your employment? Back up a second. When you say analyze the factors, are you telling me, I just want to make sure I'm getting this, that I can't just be like, you are a criminal. I don't want criminals. Instead, like I started off this whole segment when I was saying the type of crime, how long ago it was, how old the person was. You're telling me those are the leap factors, but there's actually real factors. Yeah, and those three are part of it. Okay. What are some other ones? You said connection to employment. What else yeah, do we the, got? So that, that's, the, that's the biggest one. Is, what, is, what is the connection? Is it going to um, – is the safety of the work, some, the safety going to be compromised? So meaning like if I had someone that committed assault with a knife. Yes. And they're applying to be a surgeon, I probably shouldn't give them a scalpel. Yes. And if you have a sex offender that wants to work in a daycare, probably wouldn't hire them. Probably a bad idea. Well, yes. Although I want to tell you, a child sex offender, we have to add that on yes. there too. Uh, but we're on the same page. So anyway, I give them the five days. They write me back. Do I do the evaluation of the factors before or after they write me back? Before, but then you have to take into account their rebuttal. Okay. I, I think, assume they're not going to write and say, I agree, don't hire me. Okay. So I get their rebuttal. Now what happens? Then you have to make a formal determination and, 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 and let them So I make writing. a formal determination. I give it in writing. They fundamentally disagree with my determination that I made in writing. Am I exposed as an employer? That's what I want to know because they got their chance for a rebuttal. Now they're saying, you're an idiot employer. I, I should have stayed over at Element. You screwed up my whole life. I already told them I'm leaving. You gave me a conditional offer. Your thing about my fireworks, it's not related. It doesn't go with the factors. You're stupid, Lieb. That's what they say to me. Well, if, he, if, if that's actually correct, then he could, file, he could file a lawsuit. A lawsuit for what, though? Discrimination based on criminal conviction, prior so, criminal history. Just so we're clear, this is a grounds for discrimination lawsuit where he could sue me for statutory penalties, attorney's fees, punitive damages. He can get compensatory damages, the amount he lost from the other place. And just so I'm going to reiterate this, because I was interviewed by Newsday the other day on a different discrimination law. And I, she asked me, my, my contact, she said, what is the most important thing that I should get out there? And I said, they just changed the law in New York State and said that you can file 
a discrimination complaint with the Division of Human Rights without getting it notarized. And I said, the reason why they wrote the purpose why they changed that law and dropped the notarization requirement is that so many people get intimidated and overwhelmed and unable to get it notarized so they don't go forward with the complaint. And I said, what they really need to get out there is the fact that your attorney gets attorney's fees as part of your case. So you don't need to go it alone and know about the notarization thing in the first place. So this person, what they would do at this point when they wrote their rebuttal, I imagine is lawyering up with someone. The discrimination plaintiff's lawyer is going to help them write the rebuttal, I imagine. And I imagine that plaintiff's attorney is going to say, if you get denied, I'm going to, you'll give me a fee for this initial thing of helping out. But if you get denied, Contingency. Contingency, meaning it's no money out of pocket. Andrew, I just want to clarify what you mean by attorney's fees because some people don't know that. That means that you don't have to pay your lawyer. Your lawyer could seek money from not having you having to pay that. Well, that's the whole point. That uh, Great, Lauren. I agree with that. That's uh, And I think that that's something that's lost in discrimination law. And I guess what I'm getting at now is – an employer that doesn't have a policy in place on how they're when they're going to run criminal screening, when they're going to ask the questions, how they're going to bifurcate the offer as a conditional offer, how they're going to get written approval before they do the discrimination. I mean, not the discrimination, before they do the background check on criminal. An employer that doesn't, 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 doesn't analyze the factors, Morty says, doesn't give a chance for their rebuttal. This employer is going to be going out of business because – now that this Fair Chance Act, I know it's been around for some time. It's been around since 2015. But this new stuff, Morty, and you correct me if I'm wrong, this new guidance, this new changes in the law, the fact that it applies to independent contractors. I think that's a big one. I said to you that five out of ten, half, employers I know, like a restaurant we used as the illustration, a real estate broker we used as the illustration, they're not doing this right. So we always say... We didn't write the laws. I will tell you that I think this is a square peg in a round hole. It's not a one-size-fits-all. They need exceptions. I know we want to help the independent contractors and the interns too, but we need exceptions for the small businesses or the tools to help them do it. Maybe there should be an online algorithm that the employees with a, I want to say algorithm, a formula with a good user interface so employers can just follow the steps online to do this. Because otherwise, 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 I'm concerned that while we want to help the LGBTQ community and we want to help, we do want to help. We do want to help people of color and we want to help anyone else who's been caught up in the criminal justice system unfairly. But the way I read the law, Lauren, I don't know how you read the law, is if I was a small employer in New York City right now, and it spreads from New York City, there's laws like this all across the country. If I was a small employer in New York City, I would say, you know what? We're just hiring criminals. We don't have the capacity to deal with this. What about I was you? just going to say, I was going to say that I speak to a lot of these small employers just on um, when they have to do the sexual harassment training and what they need to comply with, with the laws for all their employees that are required to take it. They can't handle these. This They, they need an HR team. They don't have an HR team. They're just going to take the risk. Well, they're going to either take the risk and be so exposed to discrimination, but the advice that I'd give them, if they don't have the budget to create a policy, if they don't have the budget to have an attorney like Morty, or even having a PEO, a professional employment organization that helps them out, or having access to a portal, like I said, with an algorithm, a formula that helps them through it. If they can't figure this out, I guess what I'm telling is the bagel store on the block of our apartment in the city, you know what I'm saying to them? 
don't screen for criminal background checks because it's just too dangerous. You can't handle it. Let the criminals work, too. This is the Leapcast. Have a great week. Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listentoleap.com. 